This is Roar Editor Brooke Gunderson, and I'm here with student teacher Mr. Reynolds, and we're going to be talking a little bit about him as a teacher, a writer, an artist, and just an overall person. So the first matter of business that should probably be addressed is you have a sister who teaches here as well. I do. Miss Anna Reynolds in the English department. So what's it like just being in the same space with your sister all the time? Is it weird for you or? I think what's interesting is that I've shared a lot of years of my life with Miss Reynolds, but very few of them have been in the school. Um, so it's not so much the time as much as it is the place. Like it's interesting on, on the teacher side of things, they'll often talk about like the teacher persona, which is like the Halloween costume you mm -hmm. put on as a person, um, like a personality you adopt when you walk in the room as Mr. Reynolds as opposed to Ivan. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it's really weird um, knowing that Miss Reynolds is also down the hall. I haven't really met her, like I know Anna. <laughs> and so it's interesting walking in in that way and the, the other thing that I feel is I love my sister so much and like and, and she she loves me and I feel like we we spend a lot of our lives hyping each other up in spaces and very rarely do we walk into them <laughs> it's really interesting walking into a building where I know that people know my name and things about me before I got there mm -hmm. and then I'm always interested like how how that compares but I, I love my sister honestly she's one of my favorite teachers here so mm -hmm. she like gives me a lot of inspiration yeah for who I am and how I teach. That's nice since you guys are like so close with each other and you can be in the same space and get to know each other's like different versions. So then what inspired you to like become a teacher yourself? Was it something that you always knew you were going to do or was it like just a new idea? No, good question. Um, I think it's better just to tell it as a story. Mm -hmm. um, so I know that you, you mentioned my, my history with art in the past. Um, just for people who are listening along, I did go to art school um, for, for a time. And then there was a summer after 2020 when the plague happened, and I didn't really know <laughs> what I was going to do. I'll, I'll mention more on that later. Um, but we were up uh, up north at our cottage, both Miss Reynolds and I, and I, I was basically telling her that I, I didn't know what I was going to do next. I was in, in that in-between moment of dropping out and not trying to figure out um, what, what the next chapter was going to be. And oftentimes what will happen is, Late at night, Miss Reynolds and I will, can I call her Anna? Is it okay? Yeah. Okay, cool. So Anna and I will often talk about like our lives. Um, when we really need to do something, we do it at the sink. And so we, we were there late one night and I was telling her, I was like, I don't know what I want to do next. I had a thought that maybe I wanted to go into seminary doing like pastoral work. Mm -hmm. And um, and she was like, well, okay, that that's going to affect the rest of your life. I was like, I don't know that I really want to do that. And then it was like, well, I've been interested in, in therapy and that kind of um, human science. And she's like, it sounds like you're dancing around teaching, <laughs> which is weird um, because our, our mom was a fourth grade teacher for years and years. And she was always um, pretty cautious about letting her kids get into the teaching profession just because there's a lot of different ins and outs mm -hmm. that are really strange and hard yeah. about the job. <laughs> um, and so I think she looked at both of us and was like, don't do this unless you're serious about it. And so Anna asked the, the serious question. She's like, how do you think about teaching? Like, I could really see you in an English classroom. And at the time, she was mm -hmm. doing social studies and, and oh, world history yeah. stuff. And so I was like, I don't really know. I mean, like, there were so many things that I was interested in. But that is I, that conversation really is why I kept with it. Because I was like, yeah, like, that does balance a lot of the mm -hmm. interest that I was going with at the time. Yeah, covers a lot of areas. Yeah, totally. Um, so then you talk a little bit about why you chose teaching, but what mm -hmm. would have pushed you towards teaching high school specifically? What I like about it is that 
high school is the last time that public education happens for mm -hmm. young adults. Like this is the free thing that everybody gets to go to. Um, after that, it becomes pretty exclusive based yeah. on where you come from and what social economic access you have. And so what I like about public school in general is that it, it's everybody in the room. There's mm -hmm. every perspective or hopefully every perspective represented at least as widely as we can make it. Um, and so that's the, the public part of it. But high school is just the oldest age. I think I have some growing on my part in order to go down to the level of um, learners, uh, like meet them where they are with their language. Mm -hmm. I think high school is like, it's the most advanced step. And so I'm, I'm a guy who thinks a lot. And I think that was like, I don't want to put myself in a seventh grade room and overstimulate those mm -hmm. kids with ideas that they can't really um, access the same way. And so high school for me felt like, it was a place where I could do some growing, y'all could do some growing, and it'd be a good exchange. Yeah, definitely what you're talking about, about not wanting to have to dull yourself down to be in yeah, smaller grades. Yeah, because, you know, being in a classroom with you, I see how you bounce off other people's ideas, and I think being in the more intellectual space gives you a chance to learn more yourself and totally. teach us. And then you talked about, like, being pushed towards English, even mm. though you have all these other areas that you like yeah. learning about so why English like what pushed you towards that especially mm -hmm. well when I was in high school like I really didn't know what I wanted to do that's like the one mm -hmm. consistent theme and so <laughs> the, the hard part is like I like every class like I would go to parent-teacher conferences and all the teachers would be like so is he is he thinking and then they would insert their subject I'm like I really don't know but for, <laughs> for the longest time I was identified with the work that I made um, in art like I would like people would introduce me this is Ivan he draws and then there would be the expectation that I like whip out my phone <laughs> show him a bunch of pictures of what I was working on and so I kind of went along with that identity because it was what other people had said for me but I feel like English um, was really nice because it was somewhere that I could put my thoughts and it was somewhere that I could be, even without the art, like mm -hmm. I was able to create kind of my own identity, which isn't super deep. Like lots of people talk about that, um, that concept often. But I think what's interesting about any language is like you have to have your life organized by something. Like you've never mm -hmm. had a story that wasn't told in a language, whether it's pictures or English or Spanish or whatever. And you haven't had a thought that didn't get encapsulated in one of those forms either. Like mm -hmm. everything that you experience is a language. And if I could, I don't know, inspire seems way too deep, but like if I could like, because what you're passionate for is really what you bring into the table. Like mm -hmm. if you got something inside of you, I feel like that's what you owe the world. Like don't fake it. And so the fact that I was interested in that to a significant degree. I was like, cool, we'll run with it, see where it goes. Yeah, that's such like an interesting like school of thought to be like everything is recorded in a language or an idea. Yeah. Like I've never really thought about things like that. <laughs> it's very profound. Yeah, right on. <laughs> um, so then you talk about art a little bit. Mm -hmm. So if you're comfortable, we can jump to like art school. I know we've talked sure. a little bit about that. Yeah. What was just that experience for you like? Did Was it enjoyable at first and then yeah. just... I had a blast, and honestly, if COVID didn't happen, I don't know. I, you, you can't say. Yeah. I, there's probably a, a universe that exists where I'm still at art school, <laughs> or at least hopefully graduated by now. Um, art school, fun. That's like the word that comes to mind. Art school was a blast. I lived in Detroit um, in a six-person apartment, and yeah. it was awesome. Like, because you're in it, it was a really competitive um, <laughs> private school, and so everybody that was there really fought to be there like you were just with the best people in, in Michigan 
um, making stuff every day. And like a lot of um, my friends there have gone on to like work at like these really prestigious companies <laughs> or like they'll go make movies now. I'm like, that's all. And like, you'll see their name in the credits. I'm like, good for mm-hmm. you, man. Like that everybody's got to eat. I'm just so happy for them. Um, but yeah, art school was fun and it was competitive and it was probably the hardest that I'd ever worked in anything to that point. I don't know that that's the case now. Um, but to give you a, a picture of my day, I would get up at like 8 a.m. and then I would eat and then until like midnight, I would just draw and <laughs> hang out with people. So mm-hmm. art school is exactly what you imagine it is, but yeah. there's a lot of weird characters there that are fun. <laughs> <laughs> I bet. Art school, it's just like, in my head, it just seems like a lot of diversity and people yeah, being able one. to be very creative. And yeah. I think it was really helpful too because like I came from a super small town and like mm-hmm. moving to Detroit specifically that part of Detroit with all those artsy people it was yeah. like there were more perspectives in a room that I'd ever been presented with mm-hmm. in West Michigan like it was yeah. so enlightening for that and I'm really grateful to everybody that was there formed who I was so then if you want to talk a little bit what made you realize you wanted to go in another direction like what mm-hmm. wasn't really working yeah so COVID, I mean, put everybody's life on pause. I went home for spring break, and spring mm-hmm. break just didn't end. Um, and so that summer, I was working on a book called Santa Goes to School or something. <laughs> it was really just cheeky. Um, and so I would spend, when, I, when I'm working on a book or any project like that, like it's the same thing as art school. I'd wake up in the morning and then draw until I crashed and call people while I was working. And it was fun, the same way that art school is fun. Like, mm-hmm. when I'm drawing, the words in my brain kind of stop. Like, I don't know if you have, like, yeah. an internal monologue, mm-hmm. like, where your thoughts are, like, your voice. But I definitely <laughs> have that. But when I'm drawing, there, there's no thoughts going on. But, um, yeah, I was working on this book, and, and it was taking longer than I thought it would. And I was looking at my life as though it were going to continue for the next 35 years. Like, I'm somebody who's, like if you have a good day, you're going to have a good life. Like if you keep having them, that's just how it works. And I was like, do I want to repeat this day that I'm living? Because COVID, it was just a series of Mm -hmm. repeated days over and over again. Do I want to keep living this day over and over again? I was like, no. Like (laughs) at the, at the very end, like I might have a couple cool books that people are really happy with. And like, I love, I love drawing. I love, like I say, having that, that voice just take a pause, some, some quiet, but I wasn't at peace with the idea that I could spend 30 years and I would be the only person that gets good from that effort. Like it Mm -hmm. didn't seem like there was enough in that. And so that I think was like the, the catalyzing moment that was like, Oh, I, I'm not at peace with this. So I have to move on. And Mm -hmm. I think anytime that somebody has like that quiet voice in the back of their head and they're like questioning, it's like, just pay attention to that. Mm -hmm. Your intuition has something to say. Yeah. I think, that's like a good life advice for everyone. Just even if it's something you think you're doing, if you're not fully mm-hmm. like being benefited by that and benefiting other people doing it, it's yeah. is it worth it? Yeah. And then so if you talk a little bit about that book you were writing. Yeah. What was the process of being like such a young author for you? And oh, that's a good like point. That? I've only ever written one book. Every everything else has been illustrated, and and a lot of the work is is just like. Um, small contracts so people would be like can you draw a picture of my family and I'm like yes that like that is how I paid for college was drawing people's dogs um uh, but books are are another task entirely so the two that I've done cover to cover um have been really helpful 
there, there was on the illustrator side of things, usually it starts with um, somebody will know about me, know about my work, which is I'm really blessed with at this point <laughs> in time that I don't have to go seek it out. And yeah. they'll, they'll come with a manuscript and they're like, do you want to, do you want to illustrate my book? And the lesson I've learned is not to say yes to every project. <laughs> like you only say yes to the thing that you can finish. Mm -hmm. um, and so before I say yes to a book, I always read the manuscript through and I think like, am I the best person to do this job? Like not only like does my art style align, but like, am I passionate about mm -hmm. the story? Because I feel like when you're illustrating a book, like your job as the illustrator is to tell another story, like especially for kids that are just learning how to read, like the pictures mm -hmm. you have on the page are what they're gonna get from this. And so if I don't feel like I have a good sense of what the author's going for, I don't pick it up. And then from there, it's a lot of sketches. And then I, I'm somebody who works traditional to, um, traditional being like pencil on paper mm -hmm. and do charcoal. And then I scan it into Photoshop and color. And so there's like two drafts where I'll give them. It's really nice to see, like I'll have the black and white version. And I'm like, how's it work for you? And they'll be like, great. And so we'll run on to color. And then that's mm -hmm. when it really, I feel like comes alive, like things that add color yeah. speak to us a different way. Um, and then did you want me to, do you just want to hear about illustrating? Or do you want to hear about writing, too? Whatever you want. If oh, okay. it's an interesting story, go ahead and tell us. I don't know if it's interesting, <laughs> but it's a story. Um, and then, so, that that was illustrating. And then the first book that I ever had to write um, was after I had, had changed directions for English. I was still mm -hmm. toying with the idea of whether I wanted to do teaching or something else. And so I just took a year. Yeah. Um, I worked at a table-making factory <laughs> with a bunch of guys. And I, yeah, I just was like, I'm going to do what I want to do with no expectations this year. And so that ended up with me at this nature preserve doing a fellowship, which just means like you pitch an idea to somebody and they give you money to, to try it out. And so I pitched the idea um, that I could write a, a book um, about, I don't even know what it was about really. It like, <laughs> I just kind of barfed my brain onto the page and, and that was really fun. Um, so like for example, it was organized A to Z, like an encyclopedia. And each day I would get up and I would just write as many weird entries about life um, as I could. And so it was the, the thing that I kept saying over and over to myself during that process. Cause like, I feel like mantras are really important mm -hmm. when you're, when you're undertaking something that you can't see the end of. Yeah. And so I was like, it's way more beneficial, it's good. Um, to be expressive here. Like I didn't want to impress anybody with mm -hmm. my book. And when I sent the first draft to my advisor, who was this like big college writer, whatever, she's like, this sucks. <laughs> and I was like, awesome. I'm like glad you hate it. But I was like, at the same time, um, there were like so many edits and she was like, nobody really wants to read this. I'm like, you know, I'm okay that you don't want to read this. Like I didn't write it to impress mm -hmm. you. Like I wrote it because this is what I felt on this day at this time. And right saying that sentence out loud, knowing that that was true, was really helpful to me. Um, and so, yeah, I just wrote the book that I wanted to read, and I was okay if nobody else liked it or if they thought it was annoying, and ran with it. Yeah, just being able to write how you feel. Like, yeah, totally. What's going on in your life, I'm sure it gave you a lot of clarity, too. Absolutely. Especially at a time where... It's a really wise perspective, it did. <laughs> mm -hmm. So then, obviously, we've talked about some accomplishments that have already been mentioned to mm -hmm. me but what are some things that you think have been important in your life? Like some accomplishments and like most rewarding experiences? That's so hard. <laughs> yeah, it's a very open-ended question. No, yeah, I mean, the hard part that I find is like, this is the most that I like 
have I guess ever talked about myself like recorded, but like <laughs> generally speaking, I some I am somebody who like likes a question more than an answer, mm-hmm. and so like I don't I don't know which direction to go in. Um, but when I was growing up, I was always defined as the art thing, and then mm-hmm. you drop out you change a direction. What's interesting is everybody knows me now as Mr. Reynolds. Mm-hmm. What I think is cool is there was a gap in between where I was whatever I wanted to be. I was yeah. kind of making it up as I went. Um, so I'll tell a, a story um, about the recent past that really impacted who I, who I am sitting in this chair right now. So my sister, Anna, uh, we went to the same uh, college. Um, we ended up at Central. And at Central, we were both RAs at different times, so she was an RA, and then I came through, and I was an RA. Mm-hmm. And at Central, um, in the fall, I met a boy named Christian, and Christian is probably one of the most influential people that I met in my in my twenties. Mm-hmm. And he he has um, Duchenne's muscular dystrophy, so from oh. the neck down, he doesn't have a lot of mobility, mm-hmm. and um, he, he's gonna die um, before he's before he's forty, and that's really hard. Um, to know and so he was a resident on my floor and it was one of those things where like he was just like I would see him around say what up like introduce myself but he didn't really want to talk to anybody and so um, we had this bonfire I put on a bonfire where we like put all these logs in like a grill (laughs) and probably super illegal but I got away with it Mm -hmm. and I was like do you do you want to come to this he's like yeah I'll come to that and so we we bring him out the side and it was great just seeing him light up and that night he, he texts me, he's like, he's super good. And so we start hanging out. And the, the next week, Christian has a nurse because he can't open doors or anything for mm-hmm. himself. Everything that you do for your life, he has to have somebody else do for him. And so Christian texts me, he's like, hey, um, my nurse no called, no showed. And wow. I'm stuck in bed. And I was like, ooh, I have to make a hard decision. And the, the reason is, as an RA, you aren't allowed to give medical assistance to oh, anybody. Okay. Like, you can't touch them, yeah. um, basically, um, because it's a, a liability for the school. Mm-hmm. And I, I really struggled because I was like, well, I know what I'm going to do. Like, I'm doing what I know is right. Mm-hmm. But I knew that, like, one of those situations, and I, I don't know how I'd play it now, but it was a... Uh, gonna ask for forgiveness or ask for permission kind of deal and so I was like well I'm gonna I'm gonna go get this kid out of bed because I don't want him sitting there all day and so we get him out and I'm like okay one time offer like you can mm-hmm. we'll do this right now um just you know we got to figure out a plan and then Christian um, another week goes by another no call no show and it started to figure out that like he um like the the healthcare industry is really unfair to people with disabilities because mm-hmm. like he has to find all these staffing people himself, and so for a while um, on, on the low, I was his, I was his nurse and it was really difficult. Like that probably right now is like one of the more stressful periods of my life looking mm-hmm. back on it because I was like this person needs help and like the the school is like we can't hire somebody for you because then that's illegal. Yeah. Um, but I was in a really hard place and so. That was one of those things after art where I was like to, to land the plane, maybe to make a moral of that story. It was like, I did some things that I probably wouldn't do the same way, but I had to walk a, a really gray line and it didn't matter what I'd achieved as an artist or an illustrator, but it was more the heart that I brought to the table. Yeah. And yeah, this phenomenal kid, love him so much. But he really showed me, it's like, 
nobody on this planet is a burden. Like everyone here is super necessary and oh, I just love them. So talking about different, different things, that's something people don't know about the middle mm-hmm. between art school and Mr. Owens. I think it speaks a lot to you as a person that you chose to share a story of you helping someone else versus... Oh, yeah, it makes me look great. (laughs) Well, just that you think it's rewarding to be able to help other people and to learn about their life stories instead of something that adds to your life story. I think that speaks a lot to you. Well, to... to yeah, give give some context. Christian is he's having a great year right now. Like he's going for computer science, and so like mm-hmm. what's cool to me is like every room that I walk out of, like the story still goes on. Yeah. Like I hope I hope I leave a good feeling there. That's yeah. Like a big prayer. Definitely. So thank you for yeah, this conversation and just allowing me and everyone at Northview who listens to this right. to get <laughs> to know about you a little yeah. bit more. Funky. So we'll close out with just asking if you want to like say anything to a high schooler advice or anything you want to say really just a little closing piece of wisdom number one carry a stapler in your backpack because people always need a stapler and it's a good way to meet people especially if you go to college (laughs) so you'll turn in papers it'll be popular if you carry a stapler with you um number two if you're in high school and you don't know what to do with your life just pay attention to where you lose your sense of time All right. Well, thank you for this and have a good rest of your day.